0: From the brains behind Brains On, it's Smash Boom Best. The show for people with big opinions. I'm Molly Blue,
1: and this is Smash Boom Best, where we take two things, smash them together, and ask you to decide which one is best. Today, we've got a futuristic face-off between two things that fascinate and frighten us humans. They're the subject of sci-fi and of real-life science. It's Aliens versus Robots. I think that
0: aliens are cooler.
2: Robots, they do my work for me.
0: Aliens are better because they haven't been found yet. Robots, they can do so many things. They're definitely cooler than aliens. I really want to meet an alien sometime in my lifetime, and I already know
3: many
1: robots.
4: Robots would win because we don't really know if aliens
3: exist.
1: Who will win the day, those helpful machines we call robots, or the extraterrestrial neighbors we're still searching for? Here to help us settle this aliens versus robots showdown once and for all is our esteemed judge, Maddie. Hi, Maddie. Hi. So what do you think of when you hear the word aliens?
0: I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is the sadly stereotypical green little Martian dude. And what
1: about the word robots?
0: Roombas, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) And I
1: know that you are a science fiction writer. I am. Can you tell us a little bit about the science fiction that you write?
0: Absolutely. I write novels, poetry, short stories, kind of you name it, I've tried to write Mm -hmm. it. And I honestly love to see how adding a new element to the world we live in just kind of changes how people interact. It's super cool. I think everyone should at least try and daydream (laughs) about that every once in a while. And have you written about aliens and robots? I have. I've written about both. Have they ever appeared in the same story? Actually, I don't believe they have. Mm. So this is going to be a first time that they're going to kind of face off for me.
1: And do you feel like you're swayed one way or another
0: right now? I think I'm pretty unbiased when it comes to this one. I think I'm ready to give this debate my best shot. Excellent. And you also debate competitively. I do. So what advice
1: do you have for our debaters today?
0: I'm going to have to say... Don't be afraid to recognize some faults in the thing mm. that you're debating for. It's okay for things to have faults. Just make sure that you point out faults <laughs> in the other person's too.
1: Excellent advice. Well, let's meet our debaters here to argue for the multi-talented machines of Team Robot. It's NPR's Elise Hugh. Hi, Elise. Hey there. And Elise, what do you do at NPR.
4: I'm covering the future. <laughs> I host a video show called Future You with Elise Hugh, and it's all about how human bodies are getting upgraded.
1: Very, very cool. So now, in one sentence, why are
4: robots the coolest? Robots are the coolest because they can be anything we dream up. They are programmable, and so the possibilities for them are endless.
1: Very good. Well, let's meet your fierce opponent here to rep extraterrestrial life for Team Alien. It's NPR's Sam Sanders. Hi, Sam. Hey there. What is your job at NPR?
2: So I host a talk show for NPR called It's Been a Minute, and we have conversations with people in the culture you should know about and other journalists to kind of make sense of not just the week of news, but how it all feels, too.
1: And Sam, in a single sentence, why should aliens be crowned the smash boom best?
2: Because we're aliens too. Hmm. I
1: think I just started off. <laughs> I'll explain. I promise. <laughs> all right. We're almost ready to kick this debate off. But first, let's review the rules. Every debate battle is made up of four rounds. And the debater's goal is always the same, to convince the judge that their side is the coolest. The first round is the declaration of greatness, when both sides share all the coolest facts, figures, and lore about their side. Round two is the micro round, a creative challenge that the debater is prepared for in advance. Round three is the sneak attack, a surprise challenge to keep Sam and Elise on their toes. And then our last round is the final six, when both teams have six more words to try to win the last point. Our judge Maddie will award one point after each round, but she won't reveal the score until the very end. Listeners at home, we want you to judge this debate too, so grab some scratch paper or print off a scorecard from smashboom.org. All right. Maddie, Sam, Elise, aren't you ready for this all-out
0: debate battle?
2: Oh, yeah. I'm ready to win. I'm ready as I'm (laughs) going to be.
0: (laughs) Yes, I cannot wait to hear these arguments. (laughs) All right. Well, brace yourselves for our first round. Declaration of Greatness our debaters
1: are ready to present the most interesting facts and the most persuasive arguments in favor of their side. We flipped a coin, and Elise, you're up first. Please deliver your Declaration of Greatness for robots.
4: I want to start by introducing you to someone. He's short, spunky, and wait, where did he go?
5: Is this who you were looking for, Elise?
4: Oh, it's Optimus Prime and R2-D2. Hey, you two. But these aren't the droids I'm looking for. It must be this one, the model known as (coughs) BB-8. Hey, thanks, Data. That's the android from Star Trek The Next Generation. But actually, I was thinking of... Eve. No, 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 not Eve. I was looking for you, Wally. But Eve's great, too. In fact, you're all awesome.
5: Why, thank you. You're awesome,
4: Louise. When someone talks about a robot-filled future, a lot of people picture evil machines trying to take over the world. But I like to think of robots like the ones you just heard. Helpful ones that protect us, assist us, and can do the things we would never dream of doing on our own. One way to define a robot is a machine that can sense the world, come up with a thing to do, and then do that thing. So if I built a machine that released water when I pressed a button, I wouldn't consider that a robot for the purposes of this debate. But if I built a machine that could sense when I'm getting thirsty, think to bring me a glass of water, and then bring me one?
2: You seem parched. Here you go.
4: Now that's a robot. There are plenty of robots simpler than that, of course, but robots are getting more sophisticated every day. What's so cool about them is that many of them use artificial intelligence rather than human intelligence. What I mean by that is they learn by repeating various versions of a task over and over and over again really quickly based on the information they gather, which means a robot's potential to learn and grow and acquire more knowledge is just exponentially greater than ours. Their smarts can build and build until they're able to master incredibly complex complicated things. Like, have you ever heard of the board game called Go? No. Okay, well, it's from China, and people have been playing it for thousands and thousands of years. It looks kind of like chess. Basically, the players use black and white stones to try and conquer the largest amount of territory on a board. So think of it like checkers combined with chess, but with an almost infinite number of moves that you could play. In fact, it seemed too complicated for robots until AlphaGo. AlphaGo is a program made by a company called DeepMind, and boy, did it train for this. Is it cool if I put in a training montage here? Okay, I'm just going to put one in. Hit it.
2: Training hard, never giving in. AlphaGo really wants to win.
4: AlphaGo studied 100,000 human games of Go, different matchups, trying to master the moves. And on top of that, it played millions of games against itself. That's machine learning. Then, in 2016, it was finally ready. AlphaGo went up against perhaps the best Go player in the world, a man named Lee Sedol. I was there in the crowd during this entire weekend tournament. It was the biggest gathering of international journalists I'd ever been part of. Lee Sedol, the Go player, started his professional career at age 12. He knew all the moves, or so he thought. When he went up against AlphaGo, he saw new strategies he would have never considered. And it worked for AlphaGo. AlphaGo ended up beating The Human four out of five matches. That's part of the potential here. Robots are human creations from our imaginations, but they can expand to become so much more. It's inspiring, really. And best of all, we can harness that power for good. We're already developing robots that can help partially paralyzed people walk again. We're making machines that can make bionic limbs feel and be controlled more like regular limbs with our minds. Robots can help find earthquake survivors under the rubble or just clean our homes. And sure, You can spend time watching the skies hoping to one day maybe see an alien with hopes it's actually a nice alien, which is a gamble. Or you could spend your time getting cool skills by actually learning to build your own robot. Lots of elementary, middle, and high schools have robotics clubs where kids can make bots that lift things, carry things, and sometimes fight other robots. Show me an alien that can do any of that. Show me an alien at all. We've yet to even prove they exist. And while we're speaking of aliens, do you know who really loves robots? NASA. Robots, not humans, are sent to explore far-flung planets like Mars. It's a cold, desolate place, not really suitable for humans, but just fine for curiosity. That is a six-wheeled rover sent by NASA back in 2012 to explore Mars. This hardworking bot scoops up soil, drills in rocks, and analyzes geological samples so it can send data back to Earth. Thanks to Curiosity, we've learned a ton of fascinating and illuminating facts about the Red Planet. With no aliens to report, I might add. So why should you choose robots? Because they're not like us. Sure, we made them, but they're also so different and they can still help us. They can help us learn, explore, care for others, which means they can help us with the stuff that makes us human. Team Robot, all the way.
1: An optimistic and rousing argument for robots. What did you think of this declaration, Maddie?
0: That was very in-depth. I loved it.
1: What was the fact that stood out to you there?
0: Um, The fact that with robotics clubs, people can interact with robots right now. That is a big draw for me.
1: Excellent work. Well, Sam, we're going to give you a chance to respond to Elise. You have 30 seconds to make a rebuttal, and your time starts
2: now. Robots don't do all of the good stuff that Elise says they can. They're just not there yet. And speaking of, you know, a Mars rover, NASA sent one up recently and it got stuck in a sand pit and couldn't get out. Dumb robot. When you guys say, oh, these Roombas are great robots. Did you hear the story about how the Roomba spread dog poop all over its owner's house? (laughs) Let's not overestimate what these robots can do. They're not there yet, and their minds cannot match the mind of an alien. That has to stay in there.
4: <laughs> it's interesting, Sam, that you're taking the most negative examples of robots rather than the best ones. And so just because things go wrong, because machines do malfunction sometimes, that doesn't mean that the entire existence of them is unworthy.
2: I want us to have a realistic view of robots and what they can and can't do. I don't believe in lying to the children of these. Your don't realistic view
4: is a little cynical, Sam.
2: Wow. I call myself a realist.
1: Well, Sam, now it's your turn to deliver a declaration of greatness. Convince Maddie and all of our listeners that Team Alien is the smash, boom, best.
2: Aliens. We come in peace. Team Alien. Oh, no. It looks like a purple people leader to me. It was a one night, one. Night. Humans have been obsessed with aliens for a really long time. We've been dreaming up aliens and searching the skies for aliens for thousands of years.
1: Hello? Is anybody out there?
2: In the 16th century, the astronomer Nicholas Copernicus proposed a sun-centered universe. And that laid the groundwork for talk about extraterrestrial life, to explode. If the Earth isn't the center of the universe, then there must be other Earths out there inhabited by other beings like us, but maybe not like us. Once the 1800s rolled around, people began to try to make contact with these beings from other planets.
5: I know. We'll use a sky telegraph to communicate with life on other planets.
2: But it wasn't until about 70 years ago that tech became advanced enough for us to actually explore space. And soon after that, conspiracy theories and movies and massive scientific research projects all about aliens took the world by storm. In the 1950s, the U.S. Air Force began to use the term UFO. That stands for Unidentified Flying Objects. The first famous UFO sighting happened a couple years earlier, on a dark night in June 1947. A civilian pilot named Kenneth Arnold reported nine objects flying over Mount Rainier in Washington State. They were going fast, like 1,700 miles an hour, and they looked like... Saucers. Skipping on water. Around the same time, a rancher in Roswell, New Mexico, found unidentifiable debris in his sheep pasture.
3: Bits of metal and foil and weird scraps of some kind of glossy paper? I ain't never seen anything like it. This stuff
2: has got to be from some kind of alien spaceship. Well, probably not. The Air Force decided those nine flying saucers, Kenneth Arnold saw, must have been a mirage. And the debris in Roswell? Fifty years later, the U.S. military released a report connecting the Roswell incident to a top-secret atomic espionage project. But that has not stopped people from believing. From the 1950s onwards, movies and TV shows all about aliens have been big business. Hollywood churned out hundreds of them, including... The Day the Earth Stood Still, Earth versus the Flying Saucers, The Outer Limits, Star Trek, Star Wars, Star Maidens, Battlestar Galactica, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Alien, Aliens, E.T., Independence Day, Men in Black, One, two, three, and International, The X-Files, Lulow and Stitch, Galaxy Quest, Alien vs. Predator, District 9, Alien, Covenant. <sighs> Gotta stop there. In some of these movies, aliens are nice. Some of them are really hungry. Some look like humans. Others look more like jellyfish or even dinosaurs. Which brings me. To my first point about why aliens are 100% cooler than robots. We can all cook up images of aliens and robots till the dogs come home, but robots will always resemble humans in some way or another because we have to make them. They can only be as wild as we imagine them to be. But aliens? They'll be weirder than our wildest dreams. Maybe more powerful or more beautiful, more amazing. Wait, did you just hear that? It's a spaceship filled with aliens. They're probably going to eat us. Just kidding. That's actually the sound of planet Earth. You see, in space, objects don't make noise because there isn't any air for sound waves to travel through. But they do give off signals that scientists can turn into sound waves. So those chirps are the sound of Earth's radiation belts. And here's the sound from the sun. And a whole bunch of stars. And black holes slamming into each other. And, 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 ah, the universe. It is so noisy. Quiet, please. All right. Now, how are we ever going to hear our alien friends talking to us through all that racket? Well, that's exactly what the SETI Institute is trying to figure out. SETI stands for the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. And scientists there at the Institute use radio telescopes to search for alien technosignatures. Okay, not quite that. Technosignatures are any signal from an alien planet that comes from the use of some technology. Maybe it's radio waves or laser pulses or satellites or lights from an alien city or even pollution. Which brings me to my second point. Any aliens we might discover via technosignature, they probably aren't the only ones out there. There could be a ton of them in all shapes and sizes.
5: Hello. 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 You come in
2: peace. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Little baby planet Earth is hanging out in a tiny solar system located in a minor arm of the Milky Way galaxy, which is likely made up of somewhere between 100 and 400 billion other stars like the sun. And our estimates say that there are billions or possibly trillions of other galaxies in the universe. With all that space, there's got to be some other form of intelligent life in the cosmos, right? That is pretty amazing. And you know, you cannot say the same thing about robots. You just can't. What do they got? Roombas? Yep. 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 Nope, you can't. All right. Also, final point to all the aliens out there in the universe, we're the aliens.
3: Alien life detected, Captain. They have furry heads and ten wiggly thingies coming off of long stumps. The aliens call themselves human beings, Captain.
2: Isn't that amazing? I like being an alien. Don't you? Oh, yeah! Robots, pff, whatever. They're just glorified computers. But aliens, think about it. They are us, and they could be everywhere, and they get us asking these big questions. They keep us searching the stars, and they are quite possibly more amazing than anything you or I could imagine.
1: Wow, a mind blowing defense of aliens. Maddie, what did you think? Are you feeling persuaded?
0: I really am. I love the point that aliens can be more than we could ever imagine. That is absolutely fantastic to me as a writer. Well, Elise, it's your turn to make a rebuttal.
1: We'll give you 30 seconds to respond to Sam, and time starts
2: now.
4: What I want to point out is all of this is theoretical. All aliens are right now, are basically what we can imagine. So the very limitations that he lists for robots, which is that they are man-made, all of these ideas that we're conjuring up for aliens are also man-made because they're just figments of our imagination. I would say let's get practical here. Um, What exists right now? What can be helpful to humanity and helpful to us in our individual lives? That would be robots to prove that they exist.
2: (laughs) What I hear you doing, Elise, is (laughs) shutting your heart off to hope and imagination, and faith, and belief, and something higher, <laughs> and bigger. Than all of us. I do believe.
4: I do believe (laughs) in what's higher and bigger than all of us. It's called robots, and they're already here.
2: A Roomba is not higher than us. I'm sorry. There he is, going negative
4: again and thinking of the least common denominator.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, you've got a lot to think about, Maddie. A lot of good points, a lot of good facts, a lot of good dreams. We've heard two epic, fact-filled declarations. Now, Maddie, we need you to award a point in secret for this round Listeners, you too. You can always press pause to think it over. And remember, this is a very subjective judging system. Whoever convinced you that their side is the coolest should get the point. Okay, Maddie, did you mark it down? I did. Was it an easy decision to
0: make? Oh, it was tough, but I think the side that got the point really swayed me.
2: Which was?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to give you two a short break to recharge your battery or do whatever aliens do. But this showdown is far from over.
0: We'll be back with three more rounds of debate. Stay tuned for more Smash Boom Best.
3: You're watching State of Debate, home to rage and rhetoric and awe-inspiring
5: argumentation. Taylor Lincoln here with 18-time debate champ Todd Douglas. And we're doing something a little unusual today. We're covering a debate that occurred just moments ago, behind the scenes, on this very show.
3: Do we really have to do this?
5: Oh, come on, bud. It'll be fun. Now let's hear exactly what happened.
3: Uh, morning, Taylor. You're looking great today. Really a top-notch blazer you got yourself there.
5: Okay, Todd, what are you buttering me up for?
3: Okay, I was kind of thinking, seeing as it's the last episode of the season and all, that maybe you'd consider letting me uh, do the intro, even though it's your turn.
5: Todd, we've gone over this. We take turns. And this week is my turn.
3: Okay, fine. I guess this is the beginning of the end. First this. Next thing you know, they replace me with a handsomer co-host. Then I won't be able to book anything except infomercials. And then it's just a few months before my dwindling career breathes its last dying gasp of air and no one even remembers my trademark dimples.
5: Wow, Todd, what a big old logical fallacy. Logical fallacies are common mistakes debaters make when arguing for their side. And there are many different kinds with different names. Do you want to explain the specific logical fallacy you just used, Todd?
3: Yes. Go ahead,
5: get into it.
3: That was a slippery slope fallacy.
5: Indeed it was.
3: Go on. A slippery slope is when you say one action that will start a chain of events that lead to a big outcome. Like my career coming to a grinding halt because you wouldn't let me have the first line in the episode.
5: You heard it here, debate heads. Slippery slope fallacies only make your argument weaker. Now let's see how I responded. Uh, that doesn't sound very likely, Todd. Let's talk sense. It's my turn... And I negotiated for it in my contract, and that's a fact. And can you imagine how disappointed and confused our devoted fans would be if they're expecting to hear my voice and they don't? They'll be crushed. Ahem, that's an emotional appeal right there. But why don't we get an expert's opinion? Hey, Molly, could you come over here and settle something for us? Uh, Sure. What's up? As an experienced podcast host, don't you think consistency is important for connecting with your audience? Yeah, that sounds right to me. Todd, it's your line, I believe.
3: Yep, yep, right. Well, what a triple threat of debate strategies from my delightful co-host, Taylor Lincoln.
5: Why, thank you, Todd. Yep, I served up facts and an emotional appeal and even got an expert opinion in there.
3: Well, take it from me, debate heads. Logical fallacies don't work.
5: Instead, use tried and true methods, and above all, facts.
3: That's it for this season of
0: State State of of Debate. Debate. Boom, 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 boom,
3: boom, 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 smash, boom, best.
1: You're listening to Smash, Boom, Best. I'm your host, Molly Bloom, and I'm your judge, Maddie. We love hearing from our listeners. We get letters and virtual high fives and drawings. But most of all, we get really awesome debate ideas.
0: Like this one from Rosie and Solly from Skokie, Illinois.
5: Our debate idea is TV TV shows versus podcasts.
1: Oh, that is a tough call, Rosie and Solly. Well, we're going to hear from them again at the end of the episode to hear who they think should win. I hope it's podcasts.
0: (laughs) Now it's time to get back to today's debate aliens versus robots.
1: On to our second round micro round. For this micro-round challenge, we asked our debaters to convince a human family that their side, either an alien or a robot, would make a great babysitter. What kind of fun activities would they plan? Would they provide healthy snacks or help with homework? Would they walk the dog or maybe eat it? Elise went first in the last round, so Sam, you're up. Tell us why a little green babysitter is the best kind of babysitter.
2: So... When you think about who you want to take care of your child, you want a babysitter who is prepared to deal with the unexpected because kids are always doing things that are unexpected. Robots can only do routine. Robots can only do what you programmed them to do. You want a creature with a brain, an alien. What happens if the robot loses sight of your child? What happens if your kid throws the juice box on the robot and then the robot's circuits fry? What happens if the robot's battery runs out? <laughs> Aliens are alive and therefore better equipped to deal with the unexpected. Second big point, you know what kids need more than anything else in this world? Love. You know who can't love? What can't love? A robot. Your Roomba can't love you. Robots can't love. They don't have a heart. Aliens can have a heart. Aliens can have a soul. Do you want a robot tucking your kid in at night, consoling (laughs) them when they're crying? Can a robot give you a hug? No! Aliens are the best babysitters. Thank you.
4: All of this depends on your image of an alien. No, what I'm imagining of an alien is, like, the scary guys that are in M. Night Shyamalan's The Village (laughs) that appear at first as shadows. Like... (laughs)
1: I do not want
4: that guy or gal or it babysitting my children.
1: (laughs) So what do you think, Maddie? Would you hire an alien?
0: Honestly, I think it depends on the alien too. I'm gonna need to like interview every single person.
1: All right, Elise, it's your turn to talk up robots qualifications. What is a Robo babysitter programmed to do?
4: I love the idea that you can program a robot babysitter in the first place because we are really busy these days. We're always multitasking. And what we're asking of our caretakers is more and more – Uh, responsibility. And so the fact that a robot can do all sorts of things without getting tired is a point for the robot. Um, I have three children of my own, and I imagine they're like many kids in that they love screen time. And so iPads end up babysitting our kids a lot. Robots are built-in screens. So I can absolutely see robots being both the caretaker and um, the Netflix. So it's really fulfilling a lot of tasks for the parent. So I'm imagining endless possibilities because parents have so much to ask of our caretakers, and you can just program those into the robots themselves.
2: As someone who's gotten to know Elisa's three kids through her, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I know to be true. Those kids would tear a robot in half in <laughs> minutes. They just would. I'm sorry. Here's the thing about technology stuff. Kids break that stuff. They break it.
4: But this is the aliens can't be broken. You I You can't break the heart like, and the soul and the brain. I'm thinking, Which aliens about, have? I'm thinking about aliens just like oozing out. <laughs>
2: You cannot break an alien's heart, mind, and soul. Like I, I,
4: I'm seeing a fork accidentally go into an alien, and like it's green blood, like just oozing out. That's your
2: kid's problem. Wow, talk about that with them. Why am I?
1: This is going to be a very tough call, Maddie. I do not envy you having to make this decision. Take a minute to decide who wins this round.
2: Think back to when you were a kid.
0: I am what? a kid. <laughs> well,
2: you're, you know, but you're past babysitting age, right? Mm-hmm. You're past age of needing a babysitter. Who or what would you have trusted most to watch young you?
0: <laughs> I Don't can't tell me. Just legally I say it.
2: that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Put it in your head. Put the question in your head.
1: Okay, Maddie, it is time to award your point. Have you made your choice? I have. All right. On to our most surprising round.
0: <laughs> Sneak attack.
1: The Sneak Attack Round is a different challenge every episode that our debaters are given on the spot. Sam and Elise, are you ready to hear what you're up against? We sure are. Okay, your sneak attack challenge is crossword clue. We want both of you to create three crossword puzzle clues related to your side. Each one should include a number of letters and a clue to help you guess the word. For example... If I was arguing for the beach, I might make up this crossword clue. A five-letter word for a large, salty body of water. Ocean. Correct. That is the answer I was looking for. So both debaters will come up with three of these crossword clues related to their side, and then their opponent will try to get the answer. Does that make sense, Sam and Elise?
4: Yes. Sure does.
1: And Maddie, the way you judge this round is totally up to you. You can judge them on creativity, humor, the number of facts they work in, or if they got the other competitor's clues right. There's no right way to score this. Got it, Maddie? Absolutely. All right, debaters, we're going to give you some time to work while we listen to some lovely hold music. Hello, humans, I come in peace. Wah, wah, deedle, doodle. E.G.S. Call me E.T. Yoda Predator. Meep, moop, sing, wibble, wobble, blink. Zero, zero, one—that is how I think. Call me Siri, Alexa, Mega Man. All right, Sam and Elise, are you ready? Oh yeah, ready. Excellent. We'll have you take turns presenting and solving these crossword clues. Elise, you're up first
4: six-letter word for Sam's least favorite robot. (laughs) Roomba. Yep. (laughs) Nailed it.
2: It's a bad robot. It's a bad
4: robot. It doesn't even really fit the definition of robot that I set out in my declaration, but it's fine. Which is
2: why robots are bad. It's
4: really helpful for Sam to use that straw man.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, Sam, your turn. A five-letter word for the human organ... In our bodies, that we associate with emotion, love, and spirit.
4: H <laughs> E A R T.
2: Yes, ma'am. Heart. A heart. Something an alien can have, but a robot never can.
4: Oh. oh, oh burn. Burn. <laughs> mm-hmm. burn. Okay, here's a quiz. Four letter word for the human like droid I introduced in my open.
2: R two D two.
4: So much for Sam paying more attention <laughs> to I the robot. A lot of uh-huh. information in these uh-huh.
2: rounds. Give me, uh-huh. a, give me a hint. What movie? <laughs> Spock.
4: That's an alien. <laughs> got It's <laughs> got aliens on the brain. Yep. Um, it's also my favorite robot in pop culture. Data. He actually had to ask for help from the producers. I just want to point out for the judge there. Thank you for the
2: information. He had to
4: get help to remember that. Oh my god, oh my god. Okay, last one from Sam. All
2: right, my last word is a seven letter word that describes the ability to feel what others are going through. Empathy. Yes. Another characteristic or trait that aliens could have, but robots
4: can easily show
2: sure (laughs) sure
1: (laughs) oh man some excellent crossword clues watch out will shorts now maddie and all of you listening at home it's time to award a point however you decide to judge this round creativity facts getting the answers correct Whatever you want, completely
2: judge subjective. Judge it by getting the answers correct. <laughs> no. Judge it by how awful. Judge it by whether or not you want a room but a babysitter.
0: kiss.
2: I'm it judging that. it
0: holistically. Head
2: holistically.
1: Canard, canard. I, like, I like the holistic approach. All right, Maddie, have you awarded a point? I have. Was it a tough decision? No, actually. Oh,
2: <laughs> I feel
4: that. I, I'm, vibing, I'm vibing with our judge right now. <laughs>
1: All right, three rounds down, just one more to go. The final six. Sam and Elise have one last chance to sway our judge in just six words. Sam,
2: you're up first. Aliens can live. Robots cannot.
1: Mmm, excellent. Now, Elise, you're up. Bring it home for the magnificent machines of Team Robot.
4: Robots are programmable, plus they exist.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Love that little.
4: (laughs) Boom. Mic drop. Uh, Okay, sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's been a long journey from faraway galaxies to common ground, from zeros and ones to complicated tasks. We've heard the good, the bad, the promising, and the terrifying. And now there's just one more point to award Maddie. Have you awarded the final point?
0: I have. <gasps>
1: Excellent. I'm Jump doing roll, a drum please. roll for you Excellent. Too. Maddie, who is the winner of today's oh debate? My God, I'm
2: it
0: actually really nervous. Actually
2: a tie. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's a tie. Oh. oh. Why are, are you just trying round? to be nice? Come on.
1: Someone is going to win today because we have one more tie-breaking round.
2: Oh. Sudden
1: Death. The Sudden Death Challenge is tongue-tied. Write a tongue twister about your side. Your opponent has to read it as fast as they can. Again, the judging criteria is completely subjective. You only have one minute to write your tongue twister. Maddie, while our debaters work, do you want to break down the rounds for us and explain
0: who got which points? Declaration of Greatness, Aliens 1, that more than we can imagine part just won me right over. Uh, uh, Micro uh. round, Aliens 1 again, because uh. honestly, if I'm <laughs> handing my kids over to someone, I'm going to want on. them to be able to yep. love, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sneak attack, though. Robot side was funny. She got all the answers right. It was broad across the spectrum of mm-hmm. answers. It was fantastic. Loved that. Point to robots. And then the final six, honestly, the fact that robots can't live isn't necessarily swaying me at all. Mm. So... Robots won that one too.
1: All right. Well, they both have one more chance to win you over. Sam went first last time. So, Elise, you're up. Please read the tongue twister Sam wrote for Team Alien
4: Alien, Aliana, Ariana Grande, <laughs> Alda, Alanis, Adele, all are aliens. Ali, Ali, Oxenfree. Aliens, by the way, to be aliens, they're you and me. Better than Roombas, can't you see? That's a
0: whole song. Wow, that was,
2: yeah, you're welcome, America. set that to a beat later. Yeah, yeah.
4: Mine All doesn't right. make any sense. Okay.
1: All right, Sam, you Ready? are
4: up. Please In, note, I had to help him with that tongue Because I couldn't read your uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh.
2: You're writing like a robot. Uh-huh, uh-huh. In three, two, one, room where the robot rode a riveting roadster wracked and rife with riders wearing woven wreaths on their wretched knees.
1: Wow. Not bad. An excellent tongue twister and an excellent read of said tongue twister. Really nice work, both of you. you. This is a really hard decision, Maddie. This is. But you have to decide and award a point for this final tongue twister round on whatever criteria you
0: decide it should be awarded on. I do. Okay.
1: Okay, Maddie, the time has come. Who is the winner of today's debate? Here we go.
0: Aliens has won.
4: (gasps) Yes.
0: The creativity this won is me only over. only because you
4: wrote a song at the end. Oh, but I still love you, Sam. I'm not going to be a sore loser.
2: Oh, wow. Life finds a way. Life <laughs> finds a way. i tell you what, man. Ugh.
4: Sam, I really enjoyed our time together. I love that you're so optimistic about our alien overlords one day. Thank you. I still did it. I still That's kind of okay. did it back in. <laughs>
2: Elise, I so enjoyed the points that you made in favor of robots because they were rooted in this real belief in the possibility of the human mind to design robots that can be great. And believing in the infinite possibility of our own brains is a beautiful thing. So thank you for that.
1: Well, Maddie has crowned aliens the Smash Boom best. But what about you? Head to smashboom.org and vote to tell us who you think should win. Smash Boom Best is brought to you by Brains On and
4: American Public Media. It's produced by Rosie DuPont, Mark Sanchez, Sandin Totten, Molly Bloom, and Alyssa Dudley.
2: We had engineering help from Corey Schreppel and Josh Newell.
4: We had production help from Manika Wilhelm, Christina Lopez, and Lauren D. Brenna Iverson is the voice of our Hold Music, and our announcer is Marley Foyerworker otto
1: We want to give a special thanks to Justin Koo, Austin Cross, Taylor Kaufman, John Miller, Nikki Pedersen, Quincy Surasmith, Natalie Chudnovsky, and Peter Eklund. Elise, is there anyone you want to thank today? Caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And how about you, Sam? Any special shout-outs?
2: Special shout-out to my cubicle mate and operations guru for NPR West who helped make today happen, Melissa Kuypers.
0: And Maddie, do you want to give any special thanks? Um, Thanks to y'all for letting me come judge. This was tons of fun.
1: You did an excellent job. You were a safe and fair (laughs) judge.
4: Yes, thank you, Maddie, even though I didn't win. (laughs) You were so, so close, though.
1: (laughs) And before we go, we asked Rosie and Sally who they think would win in the TV versus podcast matchup that they suggested.
0: I think podcasts would win because they have science in them. I think TV shows would win um, because you can actually see and hear what's going on.
1: Oh, ouch. Well, <laughs> this is the last episode of season two, but if you want to hear a special bonus episode where I debate, you can join the debate club at smashboom.org slash debate club.
2: Bye-bye. See you later. <laughs> Imagine a lovely, benevolent E.T. figure like <laughs> That's what your he titties. wants you to think.
4: That's what he wants
2: you to think. I love E.T. could. Oh, E.T. babysitter. <laughs> so cute. So cute.